Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? All right. Tired. I, you would think after basically a month that my body would adjust to watching seven hours of commercial free football by now. And no, it just has not happened because I just come off after Sundays. And I tell you, I'm like, I'm knackered. Sundays just, they they, they wreck me. But I, th- I think you said this once. It's always been really funny. Uh, sitting on your ass is really exhausting. It's it, it's incredibly exhausting. And I can't I can't quite get a gauge as to why it is this difficult. Only, well, it is. It, it, it is quite difficult to sit on your ass and and, and, and do nothing. It's kind of crazy. But otherwise, otherwise I'm, I'm 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 fine. My a lot of my teams got taken to the absolute fucking cleaners today. Yeah, I might not even it, it's just not good. No, today it's, was there was a bad day. But ex- except for days, the 18, obviously, because the 18 is amazing. These days happen. So what do you do? You just got to rally. And just got to look onward, look onward to next week. And I know that I'm going to have some, uh, some some moves to make this week. Problem is, in my leagues, nobody fucking trades with me. And that's uh, that's a very, very big problem when I have teams that, quite frankly, are floundering. Yeah, well, let's get into the review and talking about all these games. Thank you for now so I can delay myself watching the Jets game as long as possible because I'm not I don't know I, at this point I don't know what's going to happen it's probably oh, I want to get done with this as quickly as possible so I can watch watch the Jets game and probably fall asleep by halftime that's what, my, that's what my body has taken me yeah well the nice thing about you know living I wouldn't say I can't say the west coast because there are no there's no coast it's Utah it's not a you're living in the mountains in the mountain west living in the mountain west and on mountain time it's very nice because you know Sunday night football is at 6 20 and then you know when it's over i could like do other stuff it's not Uh, like your whole night yes which is why which is why i stand by it there's no better place to watch the nfl on sundays than on the west coast because you get up get up in the morning you're fresh you're wide awake you sit on the couch at 10 o'clock to watch Red Zone and you're done at around 8 o'clock and you could actually like have an evening a little bit. Or if you want to go to sleep early, you go to sleep early. Yep. But the sun is still up. Yeah. Well, especially in the early, you know, early September. Yeah. Like it's still light out in the summer, especially. It's still light out at like 9 o'clock. It's kind of it's kind of wild. Yeah, no, I can't can't say the same about about New York this time of year. No, definitely not. So, all right, let's get I into. Down, I go down into the dungeon. It's light out. I come out of the dungeon. It's dark. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, I wanted to say also congratulations on getting the Thursday night football pick correctly. Yep. Um, I don't know if you got the score. I don't, no. Did you? No, no, I didn't get the score. 
But at least I think you, I said I think I said twenty four to twenty. You were I got, the pack, I got the Packers score right. You were ten points off. That's not bad. I got the Packers score right. I got the twenty, but I believe I said twenty four. Yeah. So these so. guys are the only thing that I got uh, that I got right on uh, on the mail <laughs> on the mailbag this week, given how given how these uh, these games went. Because my good golly god, was this just uh, yeah? This was a, a week from hell. I'm just gonna check by. My starts of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, Jake and I had a bad week. Okay. Well, this is why we do start. This is why we do start of the week. I'll, we'll see you on the Saturday, Malbec. <laughs> Honestly, this was a week where a lot of a lot of guys who started slow this season, you know, kind of bounced back. And a lot of guys who were hot cooled off. Yeah, all guys that were playing against me. I mean. Yeah. Josh I mean, Allen, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. Oof. I know. It's it's wild. But we knew that game was gonna be good. Yeah, not for not for uh not for my fantasy team though. But no, well for my fantasy team. For a lot of points. <laughs> for a lot of points, yeah. Oh, a lot man. of points, yes. It was a uh it was a good game. All right. So let's talk about that Thursday game and I mean, isn't obvious what the takeaway is for Detroit. I mean, it was all over Twitter basically yeah. that night. Um, I mean, great for David Montgomery. Don't get me wrong. Good for him. I went up against him. Yes. It was not great. I already <laughs> not great, uh, but good for him. But really, it's, you know, we thought that Jameer Gibbs was going to be more of a factor. But, you know, here we are. You can't start Jameer Gibbs now. It's plain and simple. You can't. Well, I don't know. Is part of it, I mean, I didn't watch a ton of this game, but like, is part of it that Detroit was up big, super early, and David Montgomery is just more there? I, I don't even know. I don't know how to rationalize it. They had an opportunity to give Jameer Gibbs the ball even when they went up late in the game, and they still gave it to David Montgomery. But I can't. I can't understand. I can't. I, I, I can't understand what they're trying to do. Ben Johnson. We're gonna use Jameer Gibbs in ways that we've never seen before. Oh yeah, by not using him. Yeah. Well, we see that plenty of times. I mean, look at the next game we'll be talking about with the fucking Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, I know. But yeah, this is this is a, a nightmare. You cannot start Jameer Gibbs going going further. You can't. You can't. I won't have. I will not have Jameer Gibbs inside my top twenty-four next week. Nope. Done. Yeah, you kind of have to see it. Uh, put it this way. I'd, re- I'd rather be starting like Zach Moss. Yeah. I'd rather start Zach Moss. I'd rather start Rashad White. It, it, it is just a bad situation. It's a guy you keep rolling out there in hopes he's going to be able to do something. And he always constantly under delivers. And I just feel like the holes that are there for David Montgomery are not there for Jameer Gibbs. And Man, it's really even, it's it's it is infuriating. But as many people pointed out on Twitter, and they are correct, that the Lions are three and one. They're three and one, and David Montgomery is performing. So why are they going to change it up when they are winning? And that is one hundred percent right. So what do you do? You take, you put your ego aside, and 
You go find somebody else that'll be able to get the job done. And that is exactly what I'm going to be doing next week. Jameer Gibbs won't be in a single lineup for me. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but I guess, oh no, I remember now. This is like beat for beat. What I dealt with last year with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I've seen this movie before. Main, dif- main difference is, and we talked about this going into the season, especially when you brought up, you know, why sign David Montgomery? And I said, because they view David Montgomery as a better Jamal Williams. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. They view David Montgomery as a better Jamal Williams, and they view Jameer Gibbs as potentially the next DeAndre Swift. But there's the key word, potentially. We just haven't seen it. Well, this is what it was when DeAndre Swift was healthy, allegedly, last year, is that Jamal Williams was getting a lot of the you know, the short yardage work and he was scoring at a record pace and DeAndre Swift was like, eh, he just wasn't doing it for you. And I just know the second that I pull Jameer Gibbs and I bench him, he's going to score next week. I, I I just, I know it. I know it. Maybe that's what's required. Maybe I just need to pull him so that way everyone else can, can get the benefits. Cause right now my, my fantasy luck is just in the, in the dumps. But for me, I, I can't start Jameer Gibbs anymore. I can't. Yeah, I'm done with it. And then for the Packers, I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was for the running backs, but oh, my God, that was bad. It was bad. And a lot of it came down to the Packers were down pretty big, pretty quickly. And then they had to they had to shell out. They, at one point, they were down 27 to three going in, going into the half. And then at that point, it was just all right. We gotta we gotta go for broke here if you're if you're the Packers, but I believe ten combined carries for David for David Montgomery for Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon. That's most yeah. certainly not going to cut it. Twenty nine total yards between them. Uh yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's most certainly not going to cut it. And you know there definitely are going to be questions that are asked of. You know, what do you do with the Cream of Packers running backs? And I think you, you have to keep starting Aaron Jones, but the panic level on Aaron Jones is definitely uh, creeping up there for uh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, at least Christian Watson, you know, came back and he caught a touchdown. Yeah, caught a, t- caught a touchdown, but also was the was one of the Packers receivers that uh, Jordan Love targeted on one, on one of his picks, and Romeo Dobbs had 13 targets. Like, that's... Um, that's that's a big problem. Granted, Christian Watson was on a snap count, and you know I want to see it more from him over the upcoming weeks. See if he can build something with Jordan Love that he clearly had last year. But I I tell you what, this Romeo Dobbs character might end up being a big problem for anybody who has high hopes that Christian Watson is going to deliver deliver for for fantasy football this year. Yeah, we might have a Wally Pip situation. I don't know if it's going to be a Wally a Wally Pip situation, but it's definitely not good. That Romeo Dobbs has been there. He's had four weeks to build a connection with Jordan Love. And Christian Watson has really been on the field, on the practice field, and then on the field now for a game. Yeah. Dobbs is Dobbs is three weeks ahead. And he and obviously he's looked a lot better because he's been healthy. He's, he's been, been healthy. Playing. Yep. He's been healthy. All right. Cool. Uh, let's go into the Falcons and the Jaguars in London.
Bird has his head in his hands. So that that kind of tells you about what's going on. Where do you want to start? Desmond Ritter, Kyle Pitts. Who? Who? Desmond. Desmond Ritter. Who? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Sorry, who, who's Desmond? Who's Desmond Ritter? He played for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. University. I don't, of Cincinnati I don't, I don't know him. I I do I do know I do know a Desmond Mitter. Oh, that's. I don't know. That's one of those. God, fuck you. That's actually kind of good. I can't. I can't even say that he's mid. He's just bad. He's he's bad. He's really, really, really bad. <laughs> the Falcons are in trouble. They are in big trouble, and this is the problem. This is what we said coming into the year. Falcons defense good. Falcons skill players. Good on paper. Offensive line, decent enough. The quarterback, a huge question mark. And he was exposed today in a big way. Sure, we had questions over the first couple of weeks, but they were masked by the fact that they were, you know, two and one. No, today was bad. Today was 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 bad in terms of, you know, what Desmond Ritter could potentially be if they don't go to Taylor Heineke we have a very big problem because next week is a game that they should be at least contending and and should be winning honestly if you look at the the schedule coming up for the Atlanta Falcons these are all very winnable games for them Houston, Washington, Tampa, Tennessee, Minnesota, Arizona, and the bye in week 11. They should be going in that stretch. They should be going four and two. Yeah, but if they don't, I mean, Houston, if they don't go, Houston's they been don't, pretty good. I think they could beat Houston. I, I don't think Houston is like this juggernaut of a team. I, I think the Atlanta Falcons are a better team than the Houston Texans are. And the Texans look great today. I'm not taking anything away from Calvin. uh, Calvin. Calvin. Uh, CJ Stroud looks unbelievable. He looks so good. And Mm -hmm. good for the Texans that they seem to have an answer there. But the Falcons should be beating that team. And if you you have to go into next week with this Desmond Ritter pipe dream, I just think Arthur Smith wants to get fired. So you're saying he's pulling, he's pulling a Costanza, essentially? I don't know if he's pulling. I don't know if he's pulling a Costanza or, or, or what. But they score six points last week on the road against the Lions. They score seven points today. Maybe it's just that he needs to be at home. We're gonna find out next week for sure if if he if he is the guy. But hopefully we don't get to that point, and hopefully Taylor Heineke is starting because I think that would benefit legitimately everybody in this offense. Kyle Pitts needs it. Uh, Bijan Robinson needs it because he only has one touchdown. And it came week one. Yeah. You you add touchdowns to what Bijan Robinson is doing. This is an un, unreal fantasy asset, but he's just not scoring. And why is he not scoring? It's because the offense isn't getting into positions where he can score. And when they are, they're giving the ball to Tyler Algier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. 
uh, go, go to your nearest church, uh, synagogue, mosque, temple, wherever you need to go and say a prayer that Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter next week for the Atlanta Falcons. Please and thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like try and speak for the Falcons and be and try and rationalize their decision making. But maybe they just don't think that they they're like, oh, this is still they're still rebuilding and they want to just see what they have in Desmond Ritter. It just doesn't Adam, make how, any sense. Adam, how, how, how yeah, how would uh, try to keep my cool, try to keep my okay. cool. You're trying to play devil's advocate. I understand. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it. I don't get it. How, how in the fuck can they see this? How in the fuck can I, who is not paid to run a football team, how can I see this? And the guy who's paid millions of dollars to see this doesn't see it. When you have Taylor Heineke, who was a goddamn starter last year, who was a very good starter, who took his team to the playoffs, who has taken his team to the playoffs, who has taken his team to the playoffs, who has had success. Desmond Mitter sucks. He is terrible. This is not the answer. I don't know what the Falcons need to see. No. He ain't it. Sorry, Jim. No, ain't it. He's yeah, done. I mean, he's done. I mean, there's a reason why they waited so long last year to turn to him. But then, had... but then again, you know, we're we're saying, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you know, waiting waiting for that to happen. Even though Drake London didn't score today, only three for twenty eight. Whoop de do. Good for him. Arthur Smith will ride with them. Because there'll be something that Arthur Smith sees that none of us that none of us sees, even though it's complete it's completely wrong. And Arthur Smith, I hope Arthur Smith gets fired at this point. I really do. I don't ever want to root for someone to lose their job, but I hope Arthur Smith just you know goes away because this is this is bad. Go 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 back to Tennessee. Go back to Tennessee and go be with your buddy Mike Vrabel so you can uh, hate fantasy football in one place. Please. You almost sound like a Jets fan talking about Zach Wilson there a little bit. This this is it's, it's just unbelievable. Or at least just like trade Drake London, trade Kyle Pitts. So that way you can have your number one receiver be Mac Hollins, your number one tight end be Jonu Smith. You can run with mid players and be John Robinson. And Arthur Smith could be really really happy because that's what he's good at. He is good with with rolling with guys that have no place being productive, but guys that are supposed to be productive, they're not. Unless you're the starting running back, then of course. Then that guy's Man, always going to be productive. Then it really will be like the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quarterback, amazing running back, no receivers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's mind boggling. It really is. It really is. It gets me just so aggravated talking about it. All right. Well, let's talk about something, something good, something happy. Jacksonville Jaguars. Bird, lock of the century. Calvin Ridley scoring in his revenge against the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Beautiful. fuck him. Who cares? Christian Kirk had eight catches for 84 yards. Unbelievable. My guy. On 12 targets. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And it's like I said this. It's like I said this. We're a month in. We're a month in. And I remember those people that were at me. Those people that were at me saying, oh, how do you feeling? How you feeling right now? Christian Kirk did nothing. Calvin Ridley had a monster game week one. Yeah, where you at? Where, where those people at? At me now. Yep. Come on. Bring it on. No, you won't. You won't. Simple as that. <laughs> No, I'm just so sick and tired of the bullshit of 
when I'm wrong, it's a bad thing. When you're wrong, when the, when the people are wrong, the trolls are wrong, oh, they go and hide. They go and hide. Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk looks really good. Calvin Ridley looked really good today. They both could be really good. But anybody that was coming into the season, this is exactly the point that I was making at the start of the year. It's the point that you were making. It's the point that Jake was making, who we all got backlash for. The whole point is that Christian Kirk is not noticeably worse than Calvin Ridley. Everybody thinks Calvin Ridley is this God number one receiver. He's not. We saw what he was as number one receiver in Atlanta. He was mama mid as a number one. As a number two, he's one of the best number two receivers in the league. But as a number one go-to receiver, he's not that. He just is not that. And you have someone that is equal to him in Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is just as good as Calvin Ridley is. And that's the point that I've been making all along. This nonsense that Calvin Ridley is like the next Jerry Rice that we've been hearing all offseason. He was going to be the difference maker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, they put up 23 points. They beat Desmond Mitter. Good for them. They had a very, very good day in their backyard, their home turf, HQ, Wembley Stadium. Good for them. But Christian Kirk is just as good as Calvin Ridley. He deserves to be talked about in the same light as Calvin Ridley, even though Ridley scored today. Yeah, now, I feel like this is not me coming and saying that Calvin Ridley is a bad receiver and you shouldn't be starting him. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I am defending Christian Kirk and saying that this guy is just as good as Calvin Ridley is, yet he gets so much disrespect from this community and it drives me absolutely apeshit. It really does. It really, really does. This guy is good. Yeah, I'm surprised because, I mean, listen, I. Last year, before last year, I was on the, oh man, Christian Kirk, like, who's he? Whatever. And I was wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, he had a great year last year. And I was like, oh, no, you know, with new information, you change your your viewpoint, your perspective. You admit that you're wrong, you move on. And Some people can't do that, though, Adam. I know. It's true. Some but... people can't do that. That's a, that's a very, very big problem. Let the team targets. Let the team targets. And granted, what I, will, what I will say is they the Falcons did make sure that if they were going to lose this game, it was not going to be because Calvin Ridley went for 6-150-2 and two against them. They had A.J. Terrell on him all day. And A.J. Terrell is a really, really good corner. He is really good, um, which opened up things for Evan Ingram, opened up things for Christian Kirk, and they both were able to get the, get the job done. Trevor Lawrence... An okay, an okay game. I'm still, there's still something missing with this Jaguars offense that I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something that is just missing where I'm not, I'm not fully back in on Lawrence yet. I'm also not in on Travis Etienne either. I mean, that, I this was, this was a is... bad game for Travis Etienne. He averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Yeah. Is That's the thing that they're missing is a running game? Is that what it is? He's another one. He's another one that the fantasy community loves to defend. And I just don't understand why. They pick and choose their favorites. And it drives me absolutely nuts. Yeah, I don't really see it. I mean, this is like... He the, hasn't been good the, all year. He hasn't been good all year long. And people treat him as the second, the second coming of Christ. He has one touchdown. 
and we I mean, he was. Call, a- we got to call it for what it is. He's he's just a good running back. It's in a great position in Jacksonville, and he had a bad game today. But there's some that'll look at the underlying metrics and they'll, and they'll say, "Ooh, but Travis Etienne was getting into space, and, and Trevor Lawrence missed him. He had a bad game, point blank." Yeah, well, it's like I mean to talk about other sports. It's like people, you know, being talking about the expected goals metrics, like they're, you know, written in, you know, stone tablets being taken down from Mount Sinai, essentially, um, where it's like, oh, well, you know, the Rangers are actually terrible because, you know, they got beat out uh, by expected goals or they got outchanced and the goaltending, yada, yada, yada. It's like, well, yep. who, ca- who cares? They who won. Who a rat's ass? I mean, yes, exactly. analytics analytics are good. Please don't let please don't have that be your takeaway. Analytics are good. That like that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that analytics are bad and that you shouldn't use them, but I'm saying that like, you know, if a player performs badly, then he performed badly. Correct. That's it. Correct. Spot on. And also I also didn't really see the hype with Travis Etienne, because it's like He's been, he had a really up and down year last year and he was hurt for a little bit of that. And it's, I don't know, it's whatever with Travis Etienne. You want to guess what his longest run of the day was? I don't have to guess because I have the box score open. Seven yards. It was seven yards. Trevor Lawrence had a longer run than he did. He had what, 22? Yep. Tolerable. Tolerable. But you still continue yeah. to start ETN. This Jaguars offense is too good to keep just kind of going through the motions. Like it feels like the Jaguars are doing? Yeah. Yeah. It uh yeah, no, I don't I don't it's whatever. But let's move on to a fun game with a lot of points. And the Miami Dolphins heading into Buffalo. Off of the massive high of la- of last week, and just being and just just be meh. I wouldn't even say this is they they were laying an egg because you know they still scored a number of points, but it was meh. Hey Adam, I have a question for you. Yes. Again, this is like I guess the theme of this episode is I'm not on, I'm just on a crusade against the fantasy community, the establishment of the fantasy community. God, do I even need to be here? It's just going to be you ranting for <laughs> for oh, I'm in a mood. games. I'm in a mood today. When do we start throwing the B word around with Jalen Waddle? Ooh. That's a great... Well, he was injured going into the week. He's had four catches every single game. Just four. No more, no less. Four. Hasn't scored yet. No. Hasn't scored yet. When do we start throwing around? We're a month Probably, in. It's a good point. We're a month in. He's basically done the same thing. Caught four balls, and it's either been five or six targets. That's it. If we were talking uh, about anybody else, this is a guy we're not starting. But because it's Jalen Waddle, a guy that we picked in the second or the third round, we're continuing to roll him out there. Because he's a part of the Miami Dolphins, we continue to roll him out there. When do we say enough is enough and 
sit waddle. Yeah. And I mean, this might sound a little bit hypocritical because I like Devonta Smith, but I mean, you picked a number two receiver in the second round. That's the thing. More the more the third, but apples and oranges. No, no, no. I mean, like a number two receiver in the offense. I know, or, so oh, oh, third round. Yeah, I was like second to the third, second to the third round. Okay, you picked a number two receiver in the third round. So, like, you knew that Jaron Waddle wasn't going to like be the guy in this Dolphins offense. You just thought it'd be more of an even split. Yeah, and but at, I, least, at least we've seen Devonta Smith have half decent games. Like Devonta Smith has two touchdowns on the year. He had seven catches today. Yeah, Devonta Smith is good. Like that's and I mean the Eagles offense is more consistent. Yep. It feels like than this Dolphins offense. It is. And they had a year of production with these two receivers that were incredible. But with Miami, it's been so up and down. It's hard to really know. Because, like, also Tyree Kill is so is a magnet for attention and the football that it's not really like it's not really like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Because Tyree Kill, because like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, I feel like they attract a similar amount of coverage. But with Tyree Kill, you're like throwing three guys on him. Well, Where, yeah, and it seems yeah. like Tua Tua has an interest in getting Tyree killed to be a two thousand yard receiver, whereas Waddle right now is just he's an afterthought. He's an afterthought in all of this. It seems like that he is the number th- number three, if not number four, guy for the Dolphins, and that's a monster problem. Yeah, especially with the emergence of, of Devon Achan. It's Achan now, by the yep. way. Just- yep. Yeah, that's a that's a monster problem. You have you have HN and you have Mostert with Tyreek that are getting more than he is, even though Mostert today, which is something I also do want to talk about briefly. But and yeah, Braxton Berrios too. Yeah, Ooh. there's there's a huge conversation that has to be had about Jalen Paul as we go forward this week, and we will most certainly have it um, later on this week for sure. But oh. I do I do want to talk about Mostert and I do want to talk about uh, HN. Sure, there'll be mailbag questions about Joan Waddle for sure. I think what really hurt Mostert was the fumbling. I think he just had butterfingers all day long. And HN, he got the two touchdowns, had a 55 yard run to boot. I kind of said it last week that I think HN was going to be able to win this job outright. If today was any indication, it looks like it's certainly headed that way. Well, yeah, this definitely passes my tried and true test, which is see it again. Let me see it again. And oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah, this is this is a he's a must start guy going forward. Must yeah, start. Absolutely. And they have an awesome matchup next week against the Giants. Must, must, must start Devon HN. Must. Yep. And Mostert, he probably you're still starting him. I think today was, you know, just sort of a down day. But is the tide turning against him? You have to say that it is. Yeah, I mean, that room's just going to get even more crowded because Jeff Wilson is going to come back sooner rather than later also. Right. And then what does that room look like? You know, is it between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson with Devon Achan? Or is it 
Devon HN competing with Jeff Wilson to be with Raheem Mostert, which I, I think it's the former rather than the latter. Yeah, I think so. All right, Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo. Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I went against him and Allen in three leagues today. So you know yeah. how that went. Yeah. You know how that went. Um, well, we were waiting for this game, and it happened. Diggs was unbelievable, as he normally is. Josh Allen, can, is, is everybody cool now with Josh Allen? I just, I just want to make sure. Everybody's cool now? Five total touchdowns? No, no one's bitching and complaining about Josh Allen now? No, I don't think so. As my as my manager, Mikel Arteta, would say, calma, calma. <laughs> Everyone, take a chill pill. The frustrations that, that come with being a Josh Allen supporter is just unbelievable. Guy had one bad week against the Jets. One bad week, who he has struggled against in his career. That's true. Like, it's not a shock. Like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has been terrible for the entire season. And I've heard more stick about Josh Allen than I've heard about Joe Burrow. And trust me, I love both. But you cannot talk shit about one and not talk shit about the other. Yeah, it's true. Every every quarterback, it feels like, has that one team that like yes. knows them. Yes. And Josh Allen's team is the Jets. And that's Weirdly. okay. That's okay. It happens. I mean, Dan Marino's team used to be the Jets also. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It completely happens. It's not a not a big deal. But is everyone okay now? Like, can we can we just like breathe? Like Josh Allen, five total touchdowns. I don't hear anybody complaining now. Yeah. I, I, mean, I might have to defend Josh Allen for for one week. Like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this really shows the pendulum of fantasy football because it's like every, you know, last week it was like, oh my God, the Dolphins are a historic offense. Yeah. You know, they're they're the the 70s Niners combined with the 90s Cowboys and the mid 2000 and the 2007 Patriots, yada, yada, yada. And now this week they fell back to earth. And it's just, it's wild. I mean, that's, that's how it goes, but it's just wild. Uh, what I also will say, too, about the Bills before we just wet, wrap it up, uh, just going forward for anybody who's going up against the Bills, the fact that they lost Davius White, which is looking like it's going to be is a serious, serious injury. Um, I heard Achilles, but Ugh. I don't want to uh, speculate and say that it's 100% that. I haven't heard anything official yet from anybody in Buffalo, but just from, you know, from what I heard around the league, the word that I heard was Achilles. So if that's the case, then this Bills pass defense just got a lot more friendly for any number one receivers that'll be going up against the Buffalo Bills for uh for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and they're still waiting to get Von Miller back also. Right. And he resumed practicing. He resumed practicing and, and it's quite possible that we see him potentially back in a limited capacity against Jacksonville next week, by the way, in London at Scheidhart Lane. Um don't know if that's a, an absolute definite that we see him back next week. But the fact that he is practicing is a very, very good sign. I would potentially look at week six versus the Giants or week seven at New England as somewhere in that range where he could def- definitely come back. I don't know if next week is too soon, but we'll see. Yes, we will see. 
Um, yeah, that was rough. That was a no contact, a non-contact injury, just totally away from the play. It really sucks. Yeah, I was I was watching that with a uh, with with a buddy of mine, and basically what he had told what he had told me was it feels like someone literally took a chainsaw to your ankle when that goes, and mm. just from watching it again, you could just see the turn, and you could see Tre'Davious White look back thinking that someone may have, you know, roughed him up on the ankle or something like that. And then it all just sort of kicks in. Yeah. It's really, it's sad for Tredavious White because he tore Awful. his ACL a couple years ago. Also awful. Awful. And he's one of the, one of the premier corners in the game. And you, you really do hate to see that. So hopefully uh, all the best for, uh, for Tredavious White. All right. Let's uh, go to a game that was actually sneaky. Good. Who would have thought? And it's the uh, Bears and the Broncos. So how Justin stupid Fields is... throwing a late pick. I've never seen that before. I've also I've never seen that before. Also, is Matt Eberflus Eberflus the dumbest coach alive? No, I just think this dude wants to wants to lose so that way he can get Caleb Williams. By the way, the Bears right now number one and number two picks in next year's draft. Wow. Yeah, but like you don't have to be that blatant about it. <laughs> um. That was being facetious. I don't really think he's trying to. to, to no, tank. I know, but, but but if he is if he is trying to tank, he's doing a great job at it. Just don't be that blatant about it. Like yeah. that's well, so it, just, stupid. it doesn't help that Justin Justin Fields is trying to play his way out of Chicago so he can go back home to Atlanta. Take the points, uh, whatever. No, just, With a new head coach in Atlanta, by the way. With a new head coach. Yeah. Just take the points, whatever. Anyway. Good bounce back game for Justin Fields. This is probably his best day as a passer and as a runner, right? Or no, not even. He didn't. It was. was Well, he wasn't. He was running around a lot, but he only had 25 rushing yards. No, it was his best day as a passer. It was his first 300-yard passing game of his career. No, I know. I was trying to amend. I was going to say also as a runner, but that's wrong. Late in the game, game, he he finally decided that he was going to try and – and use his legs. Wow, a miracle! The thing he's actually good at. He's going to decide. He's going to decide to do a bit more often. Oof, what, a, what a, what a real shocker there. Um, DJ Moore, great bounce back game for him. Yep, benched him everywhere I had him. So I was like the that was the the real like, real kicking the balls to start my day. Um, yeah, I, I dropped Cole Komet to waivers for Brees Hall, so that was yeah. Fun I went up me. against Cole Komet today. <laughs> that was fun I went for up me against him. This game, this game really was a sign that things were not gonna gonna go uh, gonna go my way today. And then, not to mention the uh, the touches between Roshan and and Khalil Herbert, not what I wanted to see. Twenty two touches for Khalil Herbert, only six touches for uh, Roshan Johnson, which uh, yeah, not good, not good. Just when I thought that maybe we were gonna see a bit a bit closer, that maybe Roshan could take this job, and I I highlighted this, you know, I wanted to see it. Nope, we've gone back the complete opposite way. That Khalil is, uh, I don't know if he's got a stranglehold on this, but you could see in closer games that Khalil Herbert was out there a whole lot more. And that, to me, is concerning. That in in games that the Bears feel they could be competitive in, slash potentially win, that they feel like the guy that's going to be able to keep them going, at least in the running back department, is Khalil Herbert over Roshan Johnson. And that is a major, major concern, especially when you look at the schedule they have coming up. Washington, Minnesota, Las Vegas. 
those are three games that they can be competitive in given the relative strengths and weaknesses of each of those teams they are about to face. Yes, absolutely. Washington, um, by the way, Thursday night as well, which is just going to be, yeah, the game everyone wants to see on Thursday night football, the Bears yeah. and the Commanders. Two years in a row with this shit. Yep. Yep. I don't get it, but whatever. But Justin Fields, Justin Fields, is everyone, comma, Justin Fields back in the start in the starting conversation for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, those are three good matchups. So, yeah, if, yeah, three very so. good matchups. All right, with Denver, um, Javante Williams out with that out for the game with the uh, with the hip injury. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, I haven't heard anything about it yet. Um, but of course, I'll have more updates on that on the Twitter machine and on uh, programs here on BTP this week. All right. But so, well, yeah. so far, so far, I haven't heard anything. All right. Um, but, but what I will say, and I need to cut you off there, Adam, but I, I'll, no, I'll, keep, fine. I'll keep this very quick. It looks like Jaleel McLaughlin was was the guy in the in the absence. Ten touches for Jaleel McLaughlin in the game. Eight touches for Samaj P. Ryan. Do I think that Jaleel McLaughlin's going to be the guy by himself? No, I don't. But Jaleel McLaughlin could be someone that I think is worth adding in 12, 14 team leagues as a flyer option, maybe in 10 if you have issues at the running back position. Yes, I do. But not not yeah. a sizable chunk of fab. I think the deeper the league, the more expensive that he will be. But uh, 10, team, 10 team leagues, I don't think he should be going for. Maybe the max I'd spend on him would probably be 10%. Yeah, I mean, what do you make of the receivers, honestly? Because it feels like no no one guy like dominated either the targets or the uh receptions yards. It's a car crash dumpster fire. Yeah. Dumpster fire. That's an an oldie but a goodie. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Uh obviously you're gonna start quoting Sutton because he's scoring touchdowns. And a touchdown definitely did save his day. Three touchdowns in the first four games for Courtland Sutton, too. And not a not a terrible matchup next week versus versus the Jets, who who knows what the Jets are gonna be after tonight. Who who the hell knows? With it could Aaron, be a, with Aaron and, and uh and T Sizzle in the building. Next week could be a Trevor Simeon revenge game. Just you wait. Could be. It could be. I could be in my T Simeon era. I'll actually be able to watch the game on TV because it'll be in Denver, <laughs> and it'll you'll be, be able to, you'll be able to you'll be able to watch the game tonight. No, no, no. I mean, against okay, yeah, that's true. But at least so, go back to the scene. We'll also go back to the scene of the crime where Brees Hall and Elijah Fair Tucker got injured, and we're out for the season. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Just put everybody in bubble wrap. That's that's <laughs> fair. Okay. Let's talk about Baltimore and Cleveland. This is weird because I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, don't worry about Deshaun Watson. He, he'll play. It's fine. And then it was like, oh, no, he's not playing. It's Dorian Thompson Robinson. This was a weird one because everything that I heard leading up to this game was that Deshaun Watson was going to play. Everything that I heard was that Deshaun's going to go. Deshaun's going to go. Deshaun's going to go. 
I heard as early as this morning that Deshaun Watson was going to play. And he didn't. That's crazy. A really weird one. I don't know what happened. I haven't heard any updates about it, but everything that I heard leading up to the game this morning was that Sean Watson was going to play and he didn't. I mean, maybe something happened in he woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something. Who knows? Who knows? But again, it is another Baltimore Ravens performance where they didn't look all that good. Which is wild to say about a it's, game that they won twenty eight to three, right? But they weren't they weren't tested. Like th- this is th- they are so weird. They are so weird because they are not. They don't look like a three and one team, but they're a three and one team. And maybe this is just my 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 bias is clouding me, but they just don't look all that good. And I don't. I don't know what to make of them. And they have, they have the next two weeks, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, two games where they can just play half-assed. And they can be <laughs> five and one. They can be five and one. They can be the most gazy five and one team I've ever seen. Well, I guess they're like the Steelers, the 2020 Steelers, basically. Here's their schedule the rest of the way, Adam. Just laugh at this schedule. Okay. Steelers, Titans, Lions, Cardinals, Seahawks, Browns, Bengals, Chargers, Rams, Jaguars, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers. I can count like four good defenses out of all of those. That's like an 11-12 win team. Yeah. They're just going to coast Yeah, to 12 wins because they're a well-coached team. It is amazing. And this is a classic team. That we get to the playoffs, and I'll be like, yeah, they're going they're out in the first round. <laughs> because there's just... something about this team that's missing. I don't, again, it's like it's like the Jaguars. It's the same thing. But I think the Jaguars' record reflects what they are. The Ravens, I don't think the, their record reflects what they are. But, but, awesome to see Mark Andrews get, get right today. That was a must. That yeah, needed I know. to happen. I listened to the mailbag on Saturday and you guys were talking some, some stuff about Mark Andrews. We were, you were, you were about to use the B word with Mark Andrews. Oh, it was definitely considered, but we never said it. We never said it because he had scored. So that helped him, but I want to see the targets go up a little bit more. Granted, this was also a 28 to three game. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers in, in that regard. But I just get a little bit worried that looking at the schedule going along and if the Ravens are going to do what the Ravens are, have been doing, which is just coasting through games, I just worry that we're going to see these games get out of hand and the Ravens just like run guys out there and see and see what they got. Honestly, They're this a game weird makes- team. They are really, really, really weird team. And Zay Flowers also, I thought this was going to be a, a great opportunity for Zay Flowers to, you know, hopefully show his stuff and and have a day, did not happen. Three fifty six on four targets did did not happen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing with the Jaguars. They're missing. Well, would this team? How different will this team? Would this team look if they still had J.K. Dobbins? I don't think much, to be honest. So what are they missing? Another receiver. I don't know. 
I don't know. If if I knew, I'd tell you. But I don't know. Because, like, Lamar has been good. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, like, he's, he's been, good. So, I don't know. I, I feel that, though. It's kind of like... They're playing good football, but it's like cruise control football. Yeah. Well, they haven't, they haven't like had to exert themselves. It was again, like basically against the Colts. They did the Colts. Yeah. They, the Colts. They had that's to, and they lost. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. The Colts. They had to, and they lost. So I mean, at the end of the Bengals game, they also had to kind of like, they had to put some yeah. effort in for sure. For sure. And they Good won chap. there. Good chap. So, um, is there anything you want to talk about with Cleveland or um, hard to gauge any, anything with Cleveland after, you know, with no Deshaun Watson, uh, Jerome Ford looked stinky. Pierre strong looked pretty good. I kind of think that Jerome Ford is just kind of like, a he's like, eh, at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and Elijah Moore ran backwards. That was fun. Elijah Moore, in fact, did run, did run backwards. He ran, backwards, hey, he, run, he ran backwards very, very, very far. Yeah, there were a lot of Jets fans like, oh, it's it's Elijah Moore's signature move. Yep. Running backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's it this is a hard one to 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 really judge because uh DTR was just DTR. So also happy that David Njoku was able to play in this game. Well, you after... see how he show, how he showed up to the game in the mask. I know that was, yeah, interesting. A little bit of showmanship. If, if, I don't know. If, if if I was working security, I saw someone walk up to me wearing that attire. I don't know how I would feel about that, to be honest. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's interesting. It's a good word. It's a good word. Interesting is a way to put it. Let's just go with that. Um. Okay. Cool. So let's go to the Texans and the Steelers. Oh, Kenny Pickett. Get well soon. Yeah. Yeah, it stinks. That stinks. I mean, he was uh he wasn't playing very well to begin with. And uh there are major questions to be asked about, you know, what the hell is happening with the Steelers offense and the Steelers in general, you know, going forward. But we thought not Jet Jalen Warren was going to get more work. And uh, no, still 50-50 with Najee Harris. So there's that. Well, at least Najee Harris did more, to, like did pretty well this week. Yeah, on the on the ground, Najee Harris looked a lot better, just didn't score. But and this all comes down to the Steelers and what their biggest problem probably is going to be going forward. Play calling? <laughs> uh, play calling, yeah. Matt Great White North is, uh, no, not so great. And... How many touchdowns are there? Are there really in this offense? Yeah, well, especially if there's no Kenny Pickett. Especially if there's no Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean the the Steelers right now. Oof, this is a bad situation to uh, to to be in. And hopefully, uh, Deontay Johnson will be back. I believe he's he's eligible to return in two weeks. Is when the window opens for him. So I think that most certainly helps in terms of, you know, if they can get Deontay Johnson back, maybe that helps out this offense a little bit. But, man, I don't know how comfortable I am starting anybody in this offense. Really. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm still starting Najee Harris because I kind of have to, but it's... No, you're not doing it comfortably, though. No, not even a little bit. I was like, please score. Please, for the love of God. If someone score. if someone offered you Alexander Madison for Najee Harris, would you take it? I would rip their their hand off. Really? Yes. I like, please right. take the play, take this problem off my hands. If someone offered you Miles Sanders for Najee Harris, would you do it? Honestly, I'd probably, I might, mm, I might do that also. Okay. Someone offered you Damian Pierce. Yeah. Damian okay. Pierce actually looked good. His looked good for two straight weeks. Yeah. I'm just, tr- I'm trying to find like the guy. Uh, someone offered you Jerome Ford. Probably not. Okay. Someone offered you Rashad White. Actually, that one I would uh, I would probably take. Rashad White. I would definitely take that. Okay. I mean, yeah. All right. So you're so someone offered you Jameer Gibbs. Oh God. Well. Would I just be the same problem? Basically. Maybe. With with a bit more upside. Maybe. I mean, I would take if we're just trading pairs for pairs, I would take that. Okay. If it was yeah, if it was Harris and Warren for Montgomery and Gibbs. No, that's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. Okay, fine. Jameer so, Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs for Najee Harris. Straight, straight up. up mm-hmm. The trade is one for one. Yep, one for one. You're getting Gibbs. Oh man, that is I would really have to think about that. I need an answer. Okay. Um probably not. Okay. Last one, Aaron Jones. Um probably not also. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It's just a weird situation with Pittsburgh. Um, and I don't even know anymore what's going to happen. No, they're, they, 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 they stink. Yeah. All right. Happier subject. The Houston Texans. Yay. CJ Stroud might be breaking the curse. CJ Stroud looks awesome. He looks, he looks awesome. He looks really, really, really good. Uh, Damian Pierce also. 25 touches. I like that. I like that a lot. And give credit to the Houston Texans. Give credit to Miko Ryans, too. I mean, man, they look like it. I'm not saying they're a good football team because they're a young team and there's still there's still a lot more they have to do with this overall project. But it looks like they have the coach and it looks like they have the quarterback. And if you have those two components, man, oh, man, that is huge for what you could do going forward, especially when you have that duo that are in sync. That's D'Amico Ryan's guy. And that's the thing that Chicago, that Chicago doesn't have. Eberflus is not just it, Justin Fields is not Eberflus's guy. D'Amico Ryan's CJ Stroud is his guy. And those two are intertwined with one another, which is massive for what the Houston Texans are going to do going forward. This is, this is an exciting uh, little team to build on. And Damian Pierce, if you could still get him in Dynasty, I kind of think I would send out an offer to try and get him. Because I tell you what, 
this Houston offense, we might have something here. Yeah. Week to week, week to week, it's not going to be, you know, pretty. We don't know who it's going to be. There are going to be moments where they look terrible and we're going to be saying to ourselves, oh, shit, why do we buy back into the Texans, blah, 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 blah. But a lot of people who started Tank Dell, basically. Hi, how are you? Hello. Nice to meet you. I'm Adam Castor. I'm an idiot who started Tank Dell. I tell you what, does the, the Texans, this is an interesting little spot. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm really, really, really impressed. And how dumb, how dumb do the Carolina Panthers look right now for taking Bryce Young over CJ Stroud? Well, it's been it's been four weeks. Which, by the way, which, by the way, if you go back and listen to the pre-draft uh, shows that Jake and I did on our quarterback shows, Jake and I both had CJ Stroud as number one. Interesting. That we, I mean, would have, we both would have rather had CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I don't know. It's hard with a small sample size because people were calling Trevor Lawrence a bust his rookie year also. Not you. Not you. I was going to say. Not you. I was going to say, I, I was the one that was defending Trevor Lawrence co- going into last year. Yeah, no, not not you. People on the internet were saying that Trevor Lawrence was a bust in week one because of Urban Meyer. Really going to put that on a T for me? <laughs> yes. Fuck those people. Well, I'm saying that... Uneducated dickheads. That's not... Okay. Fine. Whatever. That's... Am I wrong? Well, in hindsight, no. You're not. Thank you. That's all, it's, that's all I'm looking for. If I'm wrong, Adam, I want you to put me in my place. Okay. Well, it's just because... Basically, I'm using this to make a point that... Sure. People like to extrapolate off of small sample sizes. Yeah, well, people love to overreact. Yes. <laughs> Do I know that? They love to extrapolate off of small sample sizes and say that one stretch in somebody's career is indicative or predictive of the rest of their career. That is 100% accurate. So I don't think that we can confidently say, oh, the Panthers messed up because they took the wrong quarterback. Fair, but on a very small sample size after one month of their careers, CJ Stroud looks the best out of him, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young. But CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, both of them, look like they belong. Does has Bryce Young shown that yet? No. Early, early. I'm not using the B word on him or anything like that. I'm just saying CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson look like very good franchise quarterbacks for the Texans and the Colts respectively. Whereas Bryce Young, we haven't seen that yet. No, not, not necessarily. Is that fair? Is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. Actually, this is, this is a great segue because I was, I was going to do this anyway. Um, But we're going to talk about Bryce Young. Let's do it. And his Carolina Panthers, who uh, were very close to beating the Vikings. But Bryce Young, it feels like he just doesn't have a lot of pocket awareness. I also think he has an offensive line, which is uh, kind of a problem. Or doesn't have an offensive line. Is is that what you're trying to say? That's what I said. Oh, 
I thought you said he also has an offensive line. It's like, yeah, everybody has an offensive line. No, I said I don't think he has an offensive line. Oh, I got you. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't think he he has an offensive line, which is definitely a problem. Uh what's also a problem is Chuba Hubbard out touching Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, 1.5 yards per carry. That's not great, Bob. No, that is not great, Bob. No, no, it is not. Um, is this a concern going forward? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a big concern going forward. A monstrous concern. Because Miles Sanders really just does not look all that good. And Adam, I give credit where credit is due. You know this. You said this. You said this to AT. Yeah. Miles Sanders is not great. He the the journey is not great. The destination is not worth the journey with Miles Sanders. You look at his numbers too. He has gone down in yards every week since week number one. 72, 43, 24, 19. That ain't good. Right now, Miles Sanders, as he is, is a touchdown dependent running back option. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that people thought that the, you know, the Panthers were going to be a bit better with Bryce Young, but Miles Sanders just hasn't had it. No, no, he most certainly has not. And that is a, a huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah. Um, okay. The Minnesota Vikings, another team that's kind of in turmoil a little bit. Well, Kirk Cousins won't be a New York Jet. No, probably not. They won. Barely, but they won. Barely. Kirk Cousins just looked, uh, yeah, not, not, not great, Jim. Not great at all, but he has these games. He has these games. They happen. Cam Akers, he looked all right. He looked all right. Nice to see Alexander Madison, though, still getting the majority of the work, 18 to 7 in terms of touches for Madison and Akers. Justin Jefferson doing what Justin Jefferson does. Jordan Addison, one target. That is not good. No, not even a little bit. I mean, this was a bad passing day all, all around. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, basically, Justin Jefferson got all the attention. TJ Hawkinson was bad. Pedro Osborne, if you even started him, was bad. Jordan Addison was bad. Mm. It just didn't didn't work out. There were really two guys in this game that, that were half decent. And it was the two former running backs, Jefferson and Thielen. Yeah. Isn't it funny how things work out? Hysterical. Hysterical, truly. Yeah, Adam Thielen looked good against his former team. And still looks like that he is the number one option for Bryce Young. That when things go things go bad, Thielen seemed to be the guy. Even though Therese Marshall did get the most targets on the day, he got 10. I don't buy that. Seems very fluky to me. Uh, Thielen got the majority of the high leverage touches. That when push came to shove, Bryce Young was looking for Adam Thielen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. There are a lot of one o'clock games. Oh, my God. We're still not done. With the one o'clock games. Um, a thriller in overtime. The <laughs> and not that one. The, the, 
No, not the commanders and the Eagles. We're talking about that later. The other thriller in overtime. Which is the Rams and the Colts. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Come on, Adam, sing it with me. It means no worries for the rest of your days. My God, he is awesome. I love him. He's great. I love him. He, this is, what a special boy. There was the one thing that was missing from Puka Nakua was a Todd. And what do you do? Just scores a Tud in overtime. Walk off Tud. Walk off Tud. There's the one thing I want to talk about with the Rams. Because obviously now there's this dark cloud that is looming over the celebration known as Pukamania. And that is Cooper Cop. Tyler Higby had 11 targets in this game, right? Matthew Stafford has done enough where we've seen him support two good fantasy receivers before, two good fantasy options before, and combine that with we've seen a Sean McVay offense be good enough to support two fantasy receivers before. So Puka Nakua is not going away. Is he going to be relegated to being the number two with Cooper Cup being the number one? For sure. For sure. So basically he's Robert Woods in this scenario. He's going to be Robert Woods in, in this scenario. But it is so good that the Rams can afford where if they want to, you can have Puka Nakua out there and you don't have to rush Cooper Cup back. So if they activate him or if they designate him, excuse me, I'll restart that. Reopen the window. If they yes. If they designate him to return, that does not mean that he is playing right away. They have three weeks to activate him unless until he goes on IR for the rest of the season. Then when you hear the word activate is when Cooper Cup is coming back. Designate to return does not mean that Cooper Cup is coming back. Basically, it's a 21-day window. They're actually, yes. isn't there something with the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor? Are they also looking to open the window for him to return? That is the plan. That is the plan. Now, will that happen? Who knows? Uh, the Justice went three and out. Yay. Oh, man. Oh, no. But Puka, Kyron Williams, too. God. Maybe Cam Akers just stinks because Kyron Williams was awesome. Yeah, this offense looks different. It feels different. It feels different, yeah, but a good way. Yes. But a good way. Like, I feel better about the Rams and where they are than I feel about the Ravens. And that's crazy that I'm even saying that. You know, the funny maybe, thing is... Maybe it's because the Rams I didn't expect anything from. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but regardless. Maybe it's a vibes thing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But Sean McVay is an unbelievable coach. The funniest thing is... This, oh, This defense, too, is balling out. That, too. After losing their second best player, too. 
Yeah. So Scott Hansen, I don't know if you're listening on Red Zone, but he was comparing Puka Nakua to Lin Sanity. And he had to like explain Lin Sanity like people didn't like because people don't remember it. The five year olds, yeah. So don't because some people don't remember it. I was like, oh God. I feel yeah, so I, I, I want so I wanted old. Scott. I wanted Scott to stop because that 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 hurt me. Just I was having like, to hear Scott talk about Linsanity and explain it to me like I was a five year old. He was explaining Linsanity like you like somebody explained the like Steve Young winning the Super Bowl to me. The moon landing. Or the moon. <laughs> if you remember this one, I was like, yes, I was like 10. <laughs> Not even. Or more th- older than 10. I was like the moon landing. I wasn't even a thought. No, I mean Linsanity. Linsanity, I was like 14. Oh, oh. I have to talk the moon landing. <laughs> oh, no, I was not. I was, say, I was. I mean, hey, hey, 1969, that would have been a great year for you to be here. You would have seen the moon landing. You would have seen the Knicks. You would have seen the Jets. And you would have seen the Mets. All win championships. Yep. Within like a, a year ish stretch. Yeah. 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 Within 12 yeah. months. And then a couple of years after that, the Rangers would have gone to the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. When Scott. By the way. So when, by the way, quick, quickly before we uh, go to the cult, I just want one word from you. Uh, yes. How do we feel? How do we feel about Buck Showalter not coming back? One word. One word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Next. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, when Scott said that, I was like, where do I apply for my AARP card? Literally. Literally. <laughs> I hurt my soul. I'm not going to lie. Am I, getting gray, am I getting gray hair? The right voltage is 27? I have my grays. I have my grays. I let them rock. Alrighty. So, Indianapolis, um, Anthony Richardson, still still good, still doing his stuff. Had yep. a rushing touchdown. Um, And, I mean, if you had Michael Pittman, you were not happy. No, weird one. Weird one. But I mean... No, weird one. Weird one. No, I take that back. I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to rationalize it, but there's no, there's nothing I can really say. They were down. Yeah. They were down big, and you would think Michael Pippen would just get a shit ton of it, get fed. Didn't happen. Yeah, they were down by 23 points mm-hmm. in this game. Credit, credit to the Colts. They came all the way back, forced overtime, and then they were pukered. Yeah, they were given the puka pile driver. You might need to work on that. They were given the puka adjustment. <laughs> Anything they else? Were given, they were given the puka bomb. Come on, Adam. You know about you know about the tombstone pile driver. I I do know about that. I don't watch. I still don't watch wrestling. But you don't need you don't need to watch wrestling. I mean, it's that's the Undertaker's finishing move. Though. I watched wrestling fifteen years ago. Yes, I do. I do know that. Okay, let's move on to the Bucks and the whoops, and the Bucks and the Saints. Yeah. So this game, I am shocked, frankly that Derek Carr played. Uh me too. Me too. That was uh that was definitely a surprise. 
I honestly don't understand. He looked he looked to be in a lot of pain at Lambeau last week. Yeah. And usually your shoulder's kind of important if you're a quarterback. I've heard that that's the case. Yes, that is the case. So, yeah, I mean, I guess crisis averted. I don't know. The, the, the Saints still didn't look good. They probably shouldn't have played Derek Carr, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, no, they they did not look good, the Saints. But, I mean, Alvin Kamara, Jesus Christ. I know. How, how many catches? How many catches? Put, put it up on the goddamn board. The man 13. had 50, 51 rushing yards, and he had 13 catches. This is why full-point PPR is a fucking nightmare. 13 catches for only 33 yards, by the way. That's an average of 2.5 yards a catch. Yep. I mean, look, this is what I was talking about coming into the season, that you have Alvin Kamara with Derek Carr, who normally is a check-down monster, but you have Derek Carr that now is playing with the, the bad AC joint and is going to check it down to Kamara even more. You got to play Kamara going forward. Yeah, you have to. He's going to be a steady RB2 in, in PPR formats uh, as we as we continue on here. Yes. Uh, Kansas City. I know. I know. Oh. Not, not, not fun. Uh, yeah. Chris Olave also just... He didn't get on the board until the fourth quarter. I thought he was, was injured. No, I think it, it had to do a lot with, again, the physical limitations of Derek Carr and that, you know, Olave was the guy that they were sending downfield and, you know, it just didn't work out for him. It was a really, really tough day for uh, for Olave. And also give credit to the Bucks defense. Bucks defense played really, really well. This is a very, very good defensive team. Say what you want about Todd Bowles, the head coach, but Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, is one of the best defensive coordinators that we've had in this league. And that defense is always ready to play. It's true. He won a Super Bowl with, this, with that defense. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And the big difference between Todd Bowles with the box and Todd Bowles with the Jets is I think Todd Bowles just keeps his hands off at this offense and he lets others deal with it. He is involved with the defense. He's involved with the overall structure of the team. And that seems like this is a formula that works. Yes. Well, he learned from his mistakes in his previous head coaching job to for, uh, for sure into for this sure. new head coaching job or current yep. head coaching job. And it's a much better situation too in, in Tampa with it, with definitely a, a much more um, organized structure in, uh, in the front office there and an organization that believes in him. And, you know, we got to call it for what it is too. uh, Baker Mayfield looks awesome. I know. Who would have and thought? Good for, and, I mean, and honestly, good for him. I also think good for him. And it's crazy because I was not a Baker Mayfield guy. Like I always thought Baker Mayfield was just like this pompous ass. But we're talking about Baker Mayfield now as a startable fantasy option going forward. And he looks good. And he's not startable because it's garbage time numbers. He's putting the, the Bucks in positions to win games. They're three, three and, one. and one. They're three and yeah. one. That's not by mistake. They are yeah. a good football team, and all credit 
goes to Todd Bowles and to Baker Mayfield. And I thought for sure that, did you see that hit that Baker Mayfield took where his legs were trapped underneath him and he was like bent in half? Yeah, that that roughing the passer call. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. I know. And what does Baker Mayfield do? What Baker Mayfield always does. Gets right back up. And I believe they scored a touchdown of that drive too. Yeah, I think like it was either it might have been the next play where he threw a touchdown to Kate Otten. Yep. Oh, just unbelievable. And it honestly, the Bucs, they're they are a very, very, very likable team. Uh, but we have to talk about Mike Evans and we have to talk about the the hamstring injury. Uh, we've seen this before. Mike Evans hamstring injury. Uh, this is probably, you know, we're talking about a multiple week absence for for Evans. And if that's the case. If you bought low on Chris Godwin or if you've waited patiently for Chris Godwin to to get his opportunity to be the guy, we've got it. We've got it. It's Chris it's Chris Godwin time. Fire him up. Yeah. Um and like Rashad White also. I was scared of Sean Tucker, you know, taking touches away from Rashad White. And as it turns out, it just Rashad White is fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. What helps the Bucks too, and I, and I completely forgot to mention this because I, I don't have the uh, the buy schedule in front of me. The Bucks are on their buy next week. They are. So I can actually that, tell you that helps. That helps that Mike Evans will have a week to to rest, get that hamstring treated, and go from there. Would you like to think it? Think about your buy apocalypse plans now, or your buy week plans now. Here are the teams that are on bye next week. The Chargers are on bye. I know that. Correct. The Bucks are on bye. Yes. And there's two others. Uh, who else? Who else I mean, could possibly be on bye? The Seahawks. The Seahawks are on bye. Okay, that was good. That was a good guess. And the I said the Chargers. Correct. You did. The Bengals. Nope. Same state. The Browns. Yes. So Deshaun Watson's going to have another week to mend his shoulder. Start the bye weeks next week. Yeah. People, people have to get creative with their lineups. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have a lot of fun because I have a lot of Bucks and Chargers on my fantasy teams. So fun stuff. Well, enjoy it. At least it's early. Yeah, it is. Alrighty. Um, anything else? Um, no, no. I think we, we, we can carry on. Carry on. Johnson. Or yes, my way with Carry on, Johnson. Deli yeah. piece when you are done. Yes. Lay your weary head to rest. Correct. And don't you cry no more. You got it. You got it all in one. Okay. Here's the other the other overtime thriller. Uh, the Commanders and the Eagles. You want to talk about you know teams that have the other team's number? Look no further than the Washington Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, you know what? I I I got to give credit to Sam Howell. That last that fourth quarter, he he put his team in a position to win this game, and that that last play that he made, Jahan Dotson. Wow. I know. What I just, I think I just, Joe Davis is such a good broadcaster. He is. 
No, <laughs> he, 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 I, I very, very rarely do I go out of my way to like, you know, heap praise on our broadcasting partners. But Joe Davis is amazing. That man, he, that man should be calling national games, let alone local games. Listen, I love Kevin Burkhart, but I feel like they should alternate between the two of them for play-by-play play of America's Game of the Week. Well, I think eventually Kevin Burkhart's going to get to get a bigger move to you know calling uh, NBC games. You know, Jim Nance is not going to be around for forever, and Joe Davis is going to get some looks there as well because he deserves it. Yeah, he's great. I mean, well, part of it with Joe Davis is that. You know, he calls, he has the Dodgers that he has to do right uh, over the right. summer. That's true. But anyway, enough about that. Um, the commanders, Terry McLaurin. Welcome back, Terry McLaurin. Jesus Christ. Eight catches, 86 yards. Could have scored once or twice, too. Yeah, I thought he had a better day than this, but you know. Well, well he did. He did have a better day than this fluky because there was a fumble that he happened to fall on and the fumble which should have been a brian robinson touchdown well actually it was curtis samuel that fell on that fumble no did they or did they change it i guess they did because the box score says it was curtis samuel was it because i'm pretty sure it was uh unless they changed it they must they have def- changed it they definitely could have no, it was Terry McLaurin. Oh, I see well it right then, here. Are we thinking of two different plays? Yeah, second quarter. Oh, second quarter of the game. Terry McLaurin zero yard fumble recovery. Oh, it was Terry McLaurin. My bad. Yeah. yeah, just happened to fall on it, and that's how that's how he got his touchdown. Could have had more than that. Could have definitely had more than that. Brian Robinson it was a stinky, stinky little performance, but you know what? Got his touchdown. DeAndre Swift, it was a quiet, a quieter day from him, but AJ Brown, my goodness gracious. I know. He's just, he's ridiculous, bro. Note to self when you want the ball more, bitch, because it seems <laughs> to be working. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase has gotten on that bandwagon of demanding for the ball more. Yeah. Garrett Wilson should do that too. Uh, he definitely should. And the problem, probably... problem is, is that AJ Brown and Jabbar Chase have guys that can get the ball consistently. Yeah. Art Wilson does not. I know. Until Trevor Simeon starts. Yes. That'll be fun. It's speaking of Jamar Chase. I'm giving you a segue. Oh, are we so we're done talking about the uh Eagles? Yeah, we can be. Okay. Okay, so then great. Segue. Segue into the Bengals. All oh, the Bengals. Just what the fuck? It's just a team that makes you say what the fuck. Yeah. I will continue to say just what the fuck. This I don't a even bad, know. This is a, this is a bad football team that's playing with a quarterback that is hurt. Um, teams have figured out Cincinnati right now. That as long as Joe Burrow is nursing this calf, your move is to stack the defensive line and bull rush the fuck out of this Bengals offensive line. That's the move. And that's what yeah. the Titans did today. And it worked. It worked in a big, big, big way. Burrow's limited. Burrow is limited to what he can and can't do. And until we see Burrow show any signs of improvement with the calf, it's going to be this way for the Bengals. And Joe Burrow is 
very, very quickly falling out of the conversation of guys that you can be consistently just locking and loading into your lineups. If you have Joe Burrow, I would be going out and I would be seriously looking for somebody else that could fill a starting spot for you because clearly he is not getting it done. Yeah, and I mean, also, it it only says that he had three sacks, but he took three sacks. But how many how many QB pressures did he face, and how many hits did he take? That's the real question, which ESPN does not have. But I will. I would love to know. I could probably find that information. Well, there are nine QB hits. Okay, there they, you go. They, they do have that. It doesn't there say anything about pressures. Oh wait, no, it does. PD is this pressure? Pressured? Or no, this probably his pass is defensed. Um yeah. Two nine QB hits. That's a problem. So that is a problem. For a guy for a guy that is uh facing or dealing with a compromised calf, that is a big, big, big problem. But now we have this T. Higgins injury. Now he's dealing with uh uh broken ribs or a broken rib. Um, he's going to miss time. He's going to miss time. Usually the, the recovery time for this is around, is around three to six weeks. So, uh, yeah, the contract year for T Higgins, uh, not going to plan thus far. No, it is not. And the Bengals offense has just gotten worse. So. That's it's, it's a bad offense. It's a bad offense, and you cannot continue to start Joe Burrow going forward. You could start Jamar Chase, and you could start Joe Mixon as a lower-end RB2, but this offense is brutal. Yeah, uh, going to the Titans, looks like uh, Derrick Henry – looks like we were wrong about Derrick Henry. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> not that we, it's not that we were wrong about Derrick Henry. It is more to do with game script call for Derrick Henry to have a Derrick Henry-like day, and that's what this is going to take. It's going to take Derrick Henry being – in the Titans, for that matter, being in games where they could potentially win. I sat Derrick Henry this week. I look like an idiot, and now I know going forward in games where the Titans are going to be competitive, or at least I think they're going to be competitive, Derrick Henry is a must-start guy. In matchups where the Titans are probably going to be blown out of the building, Derrick Henry is a guy that you could probably sit. Like next week versus Indianapolis, I'm going to be starting Derrick Henry everywhere I possibly can. Yeah. So, I mean, like you're not going to know whether like what the game's going to look like. You just no, have to you, make your best obviously guess. not, but you can look at the opponent that they're playing and you can kind of get a guesstimate on what, what the outcome of the game is going to be. Like, are the Titans going to be close in these games? Like, going against Indy. They're going to be close against Indy? Against Indy? Probably. Are you going to be close with Baltimore? We could sure should hope so. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just, you know, never, never mind. Uh, you know, did, did Patrick Mahomes do a thing? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, should, I should text Jake and see if the game is off. You know what? Go into go into the four go into the four o'clock window. Let me let me text my uh my 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 counterpart, Mister uh, Mister Simone, and see and see what he's up to. Oh man, I just don't even know anymore. This might be I I I don't know. Let's talk about the uh, Vegas Raiders 
the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Los Angeles Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Uh, Jimmy G still in the concussion protocol. Um, so it was Aiden O'Connell. Pretty okay performance for Aiden O'Connell, honestly. Um, didn't didn't throw a touchdown, but he ran for a touchdown. Yep, Josh Jacobs ran. scored also. Uh, yeah, finally. Yeah. And honestly, great week for Josh Jacobs. Great bounce back week for Josh Jacobs. I put that in a column on Fantasy Pros this week. So, Josh Jacobs, thank you, buddy. But otherwise, like, yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams had that, sh- was it a shoulder? Yeah, shoulder. Him? Shoulder but, came back, though. Yeah, he did come back, so that's good. But this, and, Raiders, this Raiders team is just a mess. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. And Jacoby Myers needs Jimmy Garoppolo there to be to be viable for for fantasy. But it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back next week. And this is the thing with concussions. Guy has a concussion. He's missing a week. Yep, we knew. Last guy. Last guy to go into concussion protocol under the new regulations and not miss the week was last season. It was Kenny Pickett in week six. Had the concussion week six, played in week seven. Yeah, which honestly, outside of that, outside of that, every concussion since then, guy has missed a minimum of a week. Yeah, which is probably for the best. I yes, of think. course, of course. Um, and then for the Chargers, this was like the Chargers were on cruise control for this game until the end. They did their best to lose this game. They really, really did. Yeah, they do do that. Uh, coming down to earth game for for Keenan Allen a little bit, but he was being doubled. He was being doubled. I think we saw you know what happens when you don't have Austin Eckler, you don't have Mike Williams there. It was Keenan Allen really. Uh, you had two guys that were just following him all over all over the park, but he did score, so he helped you uh, in, in that regard. It wasn't just a totally catastrophic day for Keenan Allen, but I think the Chargers' offense is going to look so much better when Austin Eckler is back in uh, in two weeks after. After the bye, Josh Kelly had his best performance post Austin Eckler injury. Um, Justin Herbert, two rushing touchdowns. If you had him, that was awesome. And outside of that, if you had any of the receivers for the for the Chargers, you kind of were left with egg on your face because all of them really didn't do much outside of outside of Keenan. I know Josh Palmer, eight targets, but only three for 77. He still hold. He still hold, but I don't know if you could start him comfortably. Yeah. All right, this one's going to be quick, I would think. And it's the Pats and the Cowboys. Thank we you for your service. We finally beat him. We finally beat Bill Belichick. Finally. Thank you for your service in, yeah, embarrass- in embarrassing the New England Patriots. Yep, you're welcome. At least somebody can. We lose We lose to the Cardinals, but we could beat the Patriots. Yeah. We've, uh, exercised, we've exercised one demon in the last two weeks. <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, we've exercised two demons in the last three weeks. That is true. Jets of the Patriots. Who would have thought? Um, yeah. <laughs> New England. Oh, God. What? How the fuck did the Jets lose to Mac Jones? Like, what are you doing? I have no idea. I, I honestly, I have no, no idea. Well, I mean, they're currently getting just annihilated by Patrick Mahomes, so maybe that's maybe the defense isn't as good as we thought it was going to be. But, um, yeah, Mac Jones was terrible, and he got benched for Bailey Zappi. 
So this quarterback controversy is back. Is Jake saying so stuff to you over text? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said game off yet. Or are you still watching? He says, I mean, you act like I didn't expect this. So we all know how Jake's feeling right now. I also kind of expected this, but I was hoping for a little bit of hope for a little bit of optimism, but there was no optimism. No. As a Jets fan. No, never. No, it's the hope never. that kills. They haven't even got a first down yet. Ugh, I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. No, wait. Actually, they have gotten one first down. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the Patriots suck. That's fun. Um, I mean, this, is this like a burn the tape game for New England, or is this just because? Uh, no. No, I don't think it is. If Bailey Zappi. There might be a quarterback controversy here because Mac Jones just. I don't know if we're going to see a quarterback change necessarily, but it it has to be considered, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're one and three. What do they have to lose? Right. They got to see what they have in Bailey Zappi. They they have to see. Because if with the way that the Patriots are trending, this is a team that might be picking in the top. We'll say half, definitely top half, probably top 10, right? We're looking at a slate of quarterbacks that includes, but is not limited to Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Drake May, Shador Sanders. There's definitely more that I, that I've just, I'm just blanking on at the moment, but you get, you get the point. There's a whole Bo, is Bo Nix going. Bo Nix, that was the other. I was the other one I was thinking about. Bo Nix, good call. There's there's a whole list. Michael Penix is another one. There there's a whole list of quarterbacks that could potentially come out. We could see we could see five or six quarterbacks gain gain traction to be first round picks this year, and the Patriots could be in on one of those guys. It's just a question of which one and, and where will they be uh, to make that selection. Sucks they had to beat the Jets because man, oh man, they could be they could be zero and four. And if God, they got Caleb Williams. I mean, poof. Great. I'm happy. There's Bill, to... there's Bill, there's Bill Belichick. Uh, I do have an update on on Javante Williams. This is from Adam Schefter. Uh, it's a hip flexor, and he is not expected to miss much, if any, time. That's from Adam Schefter. Oh. That's good. Yeah, so that's good news for. For Javante, but yeah, this is this is uh, a major problem for the Patriots if we don't know what their uh, quarterback situation is going to be like. And Ramondre Stevenson still was the guy, and there was some talk that we we're going to see more of a 50-50 split between him and Zeke. It did not happen. Stevenson was still the guy, but I mean, this this offensive line is not doing much. Stevenson's not doing much. Zeke's not doing much. This offense just stinks. It it just really, really, really stinks. Yep. Um. For Dallas, another comfortable win. Or again, comfortable a, win. a comfortable win. Where the fuck was this? Was this performance last week? I mean, Christ have mercy. Um, I can't really say all that much because we've seen Dallas do this to inferior teams. Hell, they should have done it last week against Arizona, but but you know, whatever. Cur- curses, you know, that's how it goes. We've seen them perform against the Patriots. We've seen them perform against the Jets. We've seen them perform against the Giants. Those are three teams right there that are nowhere near the level of the Cowboys. We will learn what the Cowboys are next Sunday night. 
Next Sunday night is when we find out what the Cowboys are when they go to Santa Clara and take on the Niners. Oh, that's going to be a fun one. That's the game of the year so far in the NFL. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. That's going to be an awesome game, and I cannot wait. I'm actually very excited for that. To sit down and watch. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. But for now, nice to see the Lamb score, get, get on the board for his first touchdown of the year. That was long, long, long overdue. Yes. Also, I've learned that, how do you say his name? Hunter Lipke? Hunter Lipke. Yeah. Yes. Fullback, I assume? Yes. Yep, fullback. Love fullback touchdowns. Those are fun. Fullbacks are people too. Yeah. Also, if you have the Cowboys defense, if you're looking at the box score and you're like, wait, I think they're missing a couple touchdowns here. No, no, they're not. Uh, nope. they're, <laughs> they're defensive touchdowns. Yeah, Cowboys Cowboys D just cleaned up today. Yeah. And as expected, uh, right? as expected, that is what this defense should be doing. Yep, two defensive touchdowns. That's always fun. But yeah. yeah and where the fuck was this performance last week? You're three and one. Just relax. Calm. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's calma. 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 As why? Okay. As my manager, Super Mac Arteta would say. We have one more game. Sixty million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again. Sixty million down the drain. Kai Havertz scores again. That's fun. Great chant. Uh, just we we go to we go to Bournemouth. We go to the Vitality Stadium and just chants are just born. <laughs> we play Bournemouth every week. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys' next opponent. I think you should play Wolves every week. I don't, I think we shouldn't. <laughs> I I disagree vehemently. Wolves have always been. Oh, I've always been uneasy wherever it's like Tottenham every yeah. time I'm like, so like, Oh fuck. Every time we play wolves. Yeah. I got, I got a few words for, uh, for that team, but I'm not going to say cause I'm a, I'm a nice boy and I don't want to edit this more than I have to. Fair enough. Oh, Zach Wilson completed the pass for more than 10 yards, but it's still fourth down. How many was it for? 11 for 11. <laughs> that was a guess. Because he was sacked for 10 yards for a 10-yard oh, loss. God. I hate I hate this team. Just oh, th- man. Out of a trebuchet. Yeah. Leave him at the airport when you go to Denver. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so... The San Francisco 49ers and you know took care of business 4-0 against the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, real story, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Oh my God, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Don't have him anywhere. Because of course not. Yeah, no, he's really good. He's really good. What more do you need me to say? Hashtag analysis. You're starting Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Uh, can we talk about Debo Samuel? Sure. It was kind of out there as a decoy, to be honest. I mean, but the the curse of 49ers 
number uh, well, not 49ers say number one receivers going up against the Arizona Cardinals and those guys put, putting up a dud happens again. Debo, nothing in the receiving game, not even a target. Just had three touches in this game. Brutal. Ayuk, six catches on six targets. Love seeing that. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, this guy. George Kittle, quiet-ass game. My God. But this is what's going to happen with the 49ers. This is what this team is. Two of these guys are going to have days. Two of these guys are going to stink. And it's just a matter of finding the week that you could get with one of the three. Because Christian McCaffrey just always gets his. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Because really, we also have to talk about George Kittle. Yeah, because, what's that well, I mean, if people expected big things from him, he's just like he's becoming the odd man out in this offense. No, I wouldn't say that because he had seven catches on nine targets last week, so he's had something. But yeah, this is his third, his third bad game out of a four-game stretch to start the season. So it's not great, but I do expect George Kittle to have a good game against Dallas because Dallas does not do very well in covering the tight end position. So. Keep the faith with George Kittle. Start him next week. All right. Um, and then for the Arizona Cardinals, you know, good fight for them, I guess. Uh, they kept it more competitive than I than I definitely thought. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, this Michael Wilson character. Seven catches on seven targets for two touchdowns. He's a waiver ad that is definitely worth going and exploring for sure. Could this be as a result of a negative game script? Absolutely, it could be. But the targets don't make themselves up. Marquise Brown had 10. Zach Ertz had 10. Third most in the team was Michael Wilson. So is he worth uh, definitely an ad in 12, 14 team leagues and in deep 10 team leagues where you have issues at wide receiver? Definitely. He's worth an ad. All right. Sounds good. Um, Anything else? No, that's it. Cool. Well, don't forget to subscribe and like the podcast and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And that's where you can find all the rest of the episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show and the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Anna Castro. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.